This is Over the Line, broadcasting live from the Lyuna Studios. You're worth so much more on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Oh, man, it feels better and better as the weeks inch closer and closer to football. Not trying to get rid of summer, but it is dwindling. It's going to be hotter than the devil's britches uh, coming up here midweek, starting on Wednesday. But my God, and could be heating up too, Rowdy, because the Brewers turning it up after getting swept by the Dodgers. What do they do? They go and sweep the freaking Texas Rangers. That's lit. You got Badgers in less than two weeks. And then you got the Packers going on, um, you know, inch closer to their regular season. Football is just about every freaking day. I don't know how much uh, better this can get. How was the weekend, Nelly? How was it, brother? Yeah, overall, I think, uh, you know, we had pretty good weather. Obviously, there was no rain or anything crazy like that. But the Hot Brewers, yesterday. the Brewers sweep was huge. Uh, getting to watch the preseason and knowing that college football week zero starts Saturday—that is freaking awesome, dude. I mean, football is—it's here. You can feel it. Can you feel it in the air, Nelly? I think, uh, man, what was it? There's six or eight games on Saturday. That's the week zero kickoff. But the first official kickoff game is. 1.30 this Saturday, Navy, Notre Dame, Ireland, in Ireland in Dublin. the Shamrock Series, Game 1, college football, 2023-2024 season. Now, that's that's a matchup, well, Notre Dame specifically, for Ireland. When I think Ireland, did you ever think uh, Nebraska and Northwestern? No. <laughs> when I think Ireland, I think a little leprechauns. And what is Notre Dame's, what is their mascot? It's a leprechaun. Yeah, it fits. I feel like the perfect probably matchup for a, a Shamrock series that's going to be located in Ireland is probably Boston College versus Notre Dame. <laughs> that, would be, that, would be, that would be awesome. Yes, Notre Dame Navy, one thirty NBC, Dublin, Ireland, Saturday, August 26th. And then you get a little Pac-12 action that night too, Rowdy. San Jose State taking on USC uh, at Memorial Coliseum. So, I mean... It, once on Saturday it gets going, it don't stop. Baby. It's definitely a warm up week zero week because if you look at all the teams that are playing on Saturday, again, I think there's six to eight games. It's like Notre Dame, USC, everyone else is on the range. and then it's then it's like Vanderbilt and there's there's not a whole lot of big time teams that are playing outside of USC and Notre Dame. No, uh, it's like you- Jacksonville State and. Insert those type of teams. Yeah, you just have two ranked teams. What Notre Dame is thirteenth and USC is sixth. So uh, outside of that, you're <laughs> Vanderbilt. How many wins Vanderbilt going to get this year? Yeah, maybe five. <laughs> uh, our Wisconsin Badgers, though September second, babies, we're inching real close. Hell, it's that's in it, it's. Not this Saturday, but next Saturday. Get ready for the Thunderdome down at the Red Zone. Uh, We're sponsored by Coors Light. That's going to be nice for us. Drinking a bunch of Coors Light, getting ready for Badgers and the Buffalo uh, Bulls uh, going down. But, Rowdy, let's see here. Yep, here are the games. Navy, Notre Dame, UTEP, Jacksonville State. That's going to be a barn burner. UMass, New Mexico State, another good one. Ohio, San Diego State, Hawaii, Vanderbilt. That's probably the the, uh, two bigger names outside of USC, Notre Dame. San Jose, USC, Florida International, La Tech. Those are your opening week zero games. Do you have the spread on Hawaii, Vanderbilt? Vandy by 17. 
Oh, <laughs> the Rainbow Warriors not looking too hot, huh? Yeah, Hawaii has not been very good the last few years. Yeah, I know RJ was looking at uh, their some... stadium was condemned. <laughs> their coach was canned. Yeah, what happened to him? Was it uh, just because he sucked, or was it? Yeah, I think there was some other stuff with players. Yeah, there was something. It wasn't remember. good. They had to go in a different direction. A lot of guys left the program. Like again, the stadium condemned. Now it's basically I, on fire. Yeah, well, yeah. Di- I mean, different island. Uh, when I was on Oahu, where their stadium was, I mean, it was already condemned when I was there. It just it's so salty there, obviously, because the you know the ocean. It's so salty that everything just deteriorates so fast. I couldn't imagine like the upkeep of just owning a home or having a car in Hawaii, let alone a giant state. In reality though, that might be one of the better games. I mean, Ohio, San Diego state are two non power five teams that have been all right here. Would you take the warriors to cover? The I don't Rainbow know about that. Warriors? They, they've been kind of bad. <laughs> here I don't lately. know about that. Are the, is it, where is it? Is it in Vandy? It's in Vanderbilt. Yeah. So Nashville. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Week zero here, baby. Man. I, yeah. I don't know. I think maybe the most exciting game to watch it might be Ohio San Diego State. That might be the most like close competitive game. Obviously USC is going to blow out San Jose State. Navy, uh, Notre Dame should get blown yeah, out. Does Navy. Notre Dame cover the twenty and a half against the triple option of Navy? I would probably bet Notre Dame's way, but <laughs> <laughs> it's a little too early. We're just. I mean, Rowdy's got to ease in week a little bit. Week zero, else. man. I know. It's dude, Rowdy. As a gambler, how does it feel now? They they try to promote it as week zero in like the media, like the college football media, right? Yeah. But when you go and look at it, week one is technically this week and next week. But my my thinking is if you're gonna try and sell it as week one just overall, well, how come some of these teams play twice week one? <laughs> <laughs> just sell it as week zero. I know. Okay, uh, more annoying, that being week zero or when March Madness starts and they try to do as a part of the tournament as the first four. First four, way more annoying. Yeah, that's that's not the tournament. Oh, by the way, speaking of March Madness, let's go to November Madness, the Maui Invitational. You see it got moved. To where? I think it was, was it Vegas? It was somewhere in the Vegas. 48 states because, that the, makes sense. Uh, that makes because sense. of the fires in Hawaii. That, that, that makes sense. Uh, even if, you know, it's... If you if you're still in Maui, a different part of it, like I saw Paris Hilton was there partying, and people were not happy of how tone deaf uh, that looked for Paris Hilton and some of the other Richie riches uh, that are out there. It's probably probably for the best rowdy to move that uh, to uh, the main forty eight. Yeah, and hopefully Hawaii. You know, man, that's that's some crazy stuff out there. Watch Oprah and all those people start buying up all that property as fat Bill Gates as fast as they possibly can. Uh, all right, well we'll get into more college football, but my God. Uh, NFL, you got obviously the Brewers. Well, wanted to get into it right away. I have to ask you this on the Razor's Edge. You took the Packers. What were they, minus two and a half? I uh, don't know. I only played money lines in the preseason. Okay, so you took Packers on money line. The game was suspended. Oh, okay. So that was two weeks ago. We took the Packers and they beat Cincinnati. This week uh, didn't have a play on the Packers, but the game was suspended. Oh, I thought you for. Oh, I thought you took them for some reason. It, okay, let's say it. You took them. I think it was two and a half. They're favored by. The game's suspended. Do you just get your money back from Vegas? So I do not know because I did not have a ticket on that specific game, but I do know people that had the over in that preseason game, which, by the way, even with 10 minutes left in the game being suspended, did hit. 
Now, from what I gathered, they did get paid out because the game was over when it was canceled. But I would have to imagine if you had a side yeah. like New England or Green Bay or whatever, I would feel like those would be null and void. That's what, that's what I was thinking. Because uh, when it, the, the game was suspended with the guy getting you know severely injured, I was like, for some reason, I thought you took it. Maybe, maybe Dave Essler said that he liked the Packers two and a half or something like that. And then uh, I was like, oh my god, I wonder if Rowdy got uh, you know paid out from it, or the game was just you know null and void, whatever it was. Null and void makes sense. But yeah, the game itself, um, Jordan Love looked a little good, a little bad, and a little okay. Uh, he had that awesome touchdown pass to Romeo Dobbs, also a great t- uh, sideline catch, uh, you know, bombed Romeo Dobbs on the right hand side of the field. Uh, in that series, there was a high snap that was not good for Myers that was pretty terrible, and another series that was whatever. I mean, Jordan Love Rowdy looked, I don't know, at times pretty good when needed. Are we all right with them canceling the game with 10 minutes left because of an injury that was, you know, it looked like a pretty standard, obviously, collision? Like, are they setting this precedence now after the Hamlin injury where it's like, oh, bad injury, we're calling the game. Now I get this is preseason, but there is precedent now in the regular season. Yeah, uh, I'm fine with it just because, like, you know, I saw what I needed to see. But I guess if you were a guy trying to make a roster spot, I would be a little perturbed with it. Could you imagine being Alex Magoo? Yeah. But you're like, I might finally actually play and be able to go out there and, you know, go out and impress people. Nope, we're going to cut it with 10 minutes left, the time where I might actually get in. Yeah, I know both uh, Matt LaFleur and Bill Belichick, you know, agreed upon it to uh, cut it short with injury and whatnot. Um, I don't, if you're those end of the roster guys, you've got to absolutely be pissed. Yeah, I would be wanting to uh, show what I can do to make a team and make a roster, obviously. Uh, but if I'm like, you know, the hierarchy of the NFL, like, you know, the, the coaching and the, you know, the GMs, I think I'm fine with it to save injury. But yeah, I mean, I was, I mean, the guy's okay. If, if everyone was wondering, he's fine. He's out of the hospital. He's back with the team. Yada, yada, yada. He's doing good. Uh, but yeah, I would be a little perturbed if I was trying to make the roster. Um, or if he didn't really have anything to do Saturday night and he wanted to watch more football. I don't know. I was fine with it, I guess. It's just preseason. Yeah, I was a little surprised that they called it. Same. A little bit, yeah. They're and then I was sitting really there pampering. going, um, okay. Well, what what do I do now with what, this? What did it cut to? I don't even remember. Uh, I don't know. I just <laughs> started, you know, going up and down the guide. Yeah, I was like, all right. Well, I guess uh, that's that. Then. It was pretty abrupt, though. It was like they had this little meeting for a second, and then, and then you have the broadcasters coming out saying, "Well, they've uh, decided to call the game, so uh, that's pretty much it for our coverage. We'll, we'll uh, see, see you later. next week." Yeah, they had ten minutes and twenty nine seconds left of the fourth quarter. Um, if you're in the stands, what do you do? You're, do you want to see more? Are you glad you get to go home early? I don't know. Uh, uh, Matthew Slater, special teams player for the Patriots, said uh, about it: "It's a reminder of the fragility of life, Rowdy. It's not." He didn't add Rowdy. I did. It's not something we spend a lot of time thinking about. The reality is all of us, we have to wrestle with that at some point in time. Every person who's ever walked on this face of earth, I think it's unfortunate that it happens in this context, in this setting, because this is meant to be joyful and a celebratory experience. Well, I mean, what do we know about football? It's, it's violent I sport. Mean, it's I mean, modern gladiators. Yeah, those type of hits happen every single week. And when I first saw it happen, I didn't you know, think it was too bad, but then when the guy wasn't moving, then I was like, okay, this is uh, a little tough. I think with the DeMar Hamlin situation last year, they have now put more focus, especially on a meaningless game, uh, meaningless in certain ways. They put that in a little focus and be like, all right, we're going to call this. 
There was some good stuff. Like, when the first team was in, though, there was some good stuff. I mean, that touchdown pass that Jordan Love had, that was a laser right in there. That was really damn good. And that one to Romeo Dobbs on the side was uh, pretty damn good, too. Other than that, I mean, I don't know how much you can take from it, but Jordan Love, I think, much like his young career has been so far, ups, downs, and a lot of just kind of, I don't know, in between. I think if you're a Packer fan, you'll take that from Jordan Love year one. Totally. Seeing the highs, seeing the lows, seeing some splash plays, seeing some mind-numbing misses. Yeah. Oh, did I say Jaden Reed with a touchdown? Excuse me. Well, I think Zach Halpern, and we'll we'll talk about this coming up. Zach Halpern uh, tweeted this out, our sports director, saying, I don't know how many they're going to win, how many games they're going to win, but this young Packers team is going to be fun to watch. Well, some losing begets losing begets losing. I don't know how fun it is. But uh, there are some flashes. And then, I don't know, Rowdy, Sean Clifford. What do you think of Sean Clifford coming in? No, no pick sixes, no interceptions, 13 to 19, 137 yards. Yeah, and he his, some good throws. And his night was cut early. <laughs> yeah, and Alex Magoo's left wondering when the hell am I ever going to get in. No, I mean, Sean Clifford has looked pretty solid so far through. It, it, his biggest thing at Penn State is just turning the football over and being careless with the football. Mm. That That was his biggest thing. Like, when he was at Penn State, he was supposed to be like a highly touted quarterback, like Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, like those teams get. Yeah, he just had a knack for turning the football over, and it was like big back breaking turnovers that just killed Penn State. That's basically what it was. So if he's playing football where he's not turning it over, yeah, he, he can be a player. Yeah. Now, does that mean he's really a starter in the NFL? I don't think so. But being a quote-unquote gunslinger backup that comes in and tries to fling it around? Probably. Yeah, he had just, some, just don't turn it over. He had some good passes. He had some he had some good ones out there. And then Bailey Zappi getting a little run at the end there into the end zone. That was pretty nice to see. I thought of you, Rowdy, when I saw Zappi get into the yeah, end zone. Um, so I was seeing the deeds tweeting at tweeting, you. Tweeting, by the way, made some pretty nice throws in that. Yeah. Uh, and obviously the Patriots were leading the Packers when the game was called. But yeah, uh, Z and the D chirping about Bailey Zappi not looking good, and then him putting one right on the money for a touchdown literally minutes later. Yeah. Was, was pretty. Yeah, he's on his feet getting into him. My man, Bailey Zappi. I don't know if you saw the Pro Football Focus ratings. No, I did not. The Pro Football Focus ratings, the number one offense so far through preseason two weeks would be. The Green Bay Packers pro football focus rating. The number one defense through two weeks would be the Green Bay Packers. So the special teams overall, (laughs) I I didn't see the special teams, but overall on offense and defense, the Green Bay Packers through two preseason games have graded out as the best team, both offensive and defensively. Take that for the tiniest grain of salt. Let's yes, because there's didn't the Bears go like undefeated in preseason? Then they ended up winning like three games, you know, in the in the regular season. But yeah, it's like <laughs> who's who's playing their now. It's not like Green Bay has played their starters, you know, for full first halves or full games or whatever. But obviously, Jordan loves playing two, three, four series. Yeah. Obviously, they're keeping some of their ones out there longer than that because they need to. Because look at the wide receiver position. Look at the tight end oh, position. You gotta, you gotta figure out who's who. Now, obviously, you have teams like we'll just say from last year's Super Bowl, like the Eagles or the Chiefs, where they don't have to play anyone pretty much at all. Yeah. They know who's good and what they got. 
So obviously, yeah, take that take that for what it is, but they've been the best team in preseason, both offensively and defensively through two games. Hey, we'll take it right now because who knows how the season's going to unfold. Ride the highs while they're high, and if the lows get low, just think how back on va- preseason. How about Valentine then over the the weekend, though? Had two more pass deflections? Yeah, dude. For, for a guy that uh, was drafted, what, sixth, seventh round out of Kentucky? He's flashing. Yeah, he's uh, really played well so far, not only in practice, but the two preseason games. Yeah, he is flashing big time. Um, we'll get more into the X's and O's of it. I have a ton of audio. I know you know Mike Clemens dropped some uh, emails on us. ESPN, Scherzer gets to 11th in MLB career strikeouts, but in a loss. Yeah. Not the Brewers sweeping the Rangers. No, no, Scherzer. I mean, big milestone for Scherzer, obviously. Uh, but the Brewers got to him, man. How about that? Brewers, after getting swept by the Dodgers, going uh, to Texas on their finishing off the road trip and sweep the effing Rangers. Who saw that one coming? I did. That's why I did my reverse psychology. Not a boy. Ar- or, uh, Rowdy, did you see that one coming? I don't think did. anyone did. <laughs> Especially when you looked at those pitching matchups. You needed, you know... Brandon, if you were looking to win that series, you needed big time starts from Brandon Woodruff and Freddie Peralta because it felt like Friday and Saturday would be your best bet on trying to win that series because you had Adrian Hauser on Sunday against Max Scherzer and Max Scherzer had been money since being traded from the Mets to Texas and Adrian Hauser has been serviceable, but not great. And you won all three. And, and you got good starts from pretty much all three. Yeah, they were getting a go. They were getting a going, dude. How about the fact that Max Scherzer through three innings had given up one hit, but he was at eighty pitches, and now there were plenty of walks that were peppered in there and a hit by pitch. Hmm. But they got Max Scherzer. They chased Max Scherzer before the fourth inning was over. Like they they got after him and it it wasn't necessarily because this this Brewers team isn't really known for taking pitches and working counts that's for <laughs> sure but uh, Scherzer seemed like he was a little off and and was having trouble finding the zone thankfully the Brewers didn't bite was weren't chasing and they were just taking the pitches because they really racked up that pitch count to a really high level after after three innings he had eighty pitches yeah. obviously they chased him in the fourth but yeah the the Milwaukee Brewers big time series and that's why I tweeted out the uh, little gif of the Godfather 3 with Al Pacino right when you think right when you think you're out they pull you right back in yeah, because, I mean because we were the, you were done with them after the Dodgers the Dodgers series was almost broke yeah. by far the worst series this vacation. of the year because you look at the three worst series of the season I think it started with the Oakland Athletics because the Oakland Athletics were the worst team in baseball they weren't very good. Now, they started to get a, a little hot the couple series before so the Brewers, but they came in and, and just rolled the Brewers, and that was pretty pathetic knowing you know, it was Oakland. They were at that time on pace to be the worst team in the history of Major League Baseball, especially for a 162-game season. And then you rolled into the Nats, which was actually – earlier this month, but you played terrible baseball. You lost the series to the Nats, and it was because you played air baseball. You, you couldn't play clean. You couldn't come up with big hits. Devin Williams blows a save. Like it would, That one was probably the worst going into the Dodgers series. But the Dodgers series, I mean, come on. It ruined your vacation, Rowdy. You came in Friday all pissed off at the world, ready to just After go two fire games against the Dodgers, you had as many errors as you had hits in the series. Yeah. 
You had five errors through the first two games and five hits. I think when you came in, you said it's a series like that where I wouldn't care if they sold the team. And honestly, for how bad they looked. Well moved. And then? Then they come in to Texas against a team that's in first place in the West and obviously one of the top four, five teams in baseball. And, of course, like the Brewers, they sweep them. Just when, Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. <laughs> Just when I thought you couldn't get any more dumb, they pulled me you go ahead and do something <laughs> like this. And, and totally redeem yourself. Yeah, our pets' heads were falling off, but now we got a briefcase full of money, baby. Yeah, that was nice. Um, Brewers, and then they put a little... Okay, when they went into the weekend, were they up two games on the Cubs two, and three yeah. on the Reds? And now it was now they're up three on the Cubs. Yep. As uh, yeah, they're you know Reds. I don't know about staying power. Scherzer said though, quote, weird start. You know, it's not like I got hit around. They had really good approach against me and just found a way to take their walks. It just didn't feel like I was putting guys away, especially sometimes, when I got two strikes. Sometimes that's worse than getting hit around. Yeah. That means they're not chasing your stuff. So check this out. The Brewers won for the third time this season when facing the three-time Cy Young Award winner. Hey. And Max Scherzer. 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 Well, they needed it, too, because how about the fact that you go on this road trip, you start 0-3, and you're starting to look at Texas going... Oh, this could be a one in five road trip. It could be. This could be a one in five road trip. And if they keep playing like they did out in L.A., it's an 0-6 road trip. Mm -hmm. Well, they find a way to to somehow sweep the Rangers. They have a three and three 500 road trip. And then you look at the NL Central standings and there's still three games up on the, the Cubs as the Royals did finagle a game from the Cubs. And the the Cincinnati Reds struggled with Toronto. They actually gained a game on Cincinnati as now they have a four-game lead on Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. And after an 0-3 start where it felt like, ooh, this could get really, really rough, they're actually still three games up on the Cubs and now four games up on the Reds. Mm -hmm. They actually improved their spot in the NL Central, which is hilarious. Okay, how about this, which is hilarious, too, in its own way. Does Willie Adamas have some kind of, like, magnetism to his head for getting hit by baseballs? Because he got one earlier in the season that knocked him out a little bit, right? And then Willie Adamas got hit in the head with a fastball <laughs> from Scherzer. Well, and that's, that's part of the, uh, the... The funny thing about that, watching that live, I'm like, oh my God, he just got hit in the head. <laughs> Brian Anderson looks at it and goes, think it hit its, hit his bat and popped straight up. I'm like, what? What is that? If Willie Adamas has any type of magnetism in his head, he needs to... Remove that right now and put it in his freaking bag. <laughs> hey, now, yeah, he had a big game yeah, he did okay. the other day, but uh, they need Willie Adamas if they're looking to really make a run in the postseason because you can't statistically have the, okay. the worst offensive shortstop outside of home runs. The lack of production at first base, well, I think we're good DH on, or right hey, field. I, I think we're good on Adamas because he got hit in the head earlier in the season by his own player, right? And then he spiraled down. And once he got back, he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn, right? That was without a helmet. Now he got hit in the head again. With a helmet. Hopefully it jogs something back, like it resets him. Do you remember <laughs> when we were talking about um, Anthony Rizzo? And I think it was somebody on the... I think it was somebody on like messages or maybe it was on Twitch was saying, I think we should acquire Anthony Rizzo for the Milwaukee Brewers because we need a first baseman, a lefty bat, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Willie Adamas being hit in the head. So mm. remember Rizzo was playing all right and then all of a sudden just fell off the face of the earth. Yeah. 
he was hit in the head and then removed from that game, but then came back and kept playing. Turns out he played for like a month with a concussion and the Yankees just took care of it like a few weeks ago. But that's why he was terrible. That doesn't sound good. Like, like his head was messed up yeah. from getting I mean, hit he, in the helmet, and they never did anything about it. That sounds like something they could be that penalized like, for. How is that yeah. not like malpractice yeah. by the Yankees? That is. I don't know. That is. <laughs> They're like, like yeah, whatever. No, seriously, That's like his numbers were like, when we were talking about some of these guys that were like, man, they're really having bad months, he was hitting like below 100. Yeah. Like, and then it comes out like a month later, it's like, yeah. It like, my head has been messed up. Like, I can't even hardly see these baseballs. <laughs> well, no. You're hitting less. Did he it was need like, LASIK surgery like uh, Jackie Bradley Jr.? I, I, when the <laughs> Yankees are in the dumps, man, they are in the they dumps. Are, they, they, yeah, they are. Uh, by the way, uh, sorry we're getting off on this Yankee no, tangent. Whatever. First season, the Yankees are on pace to have their first losing season since 92. Wow. That's that's thirty years ago. They're in a tough spot, Rowdy. Plus years ago, and were they the second or third most spent in the offseason for the Yankees? I know they're up there. For I think payroll. their payroll was top three. Oof. Oof. Uh, let's hear. Line one. Hello. Who's this? Good one. It's gone. Line two. Who's this? <laughs> That's a Charlie. Yeah. You were on air. We we got you. Uh, but yeah, Brewers, we're feeling pretty good. Now, uh, Kinger said when we did the Razor's Edge Rowdy, no Brewers bets today, thank God. Well, why is there no Brewers bets today? They're they're off today yeah. and Thursday. Yeah, they, uh, they have two days. It's a it's a little weird two-game series with Minnesota Tuesday, Wednesday, and then they have their weekend series starting on Friday. Yeah. All right, let's try this. Line four, good morning. Hey, uh, yeah, I just wanted to comment on uh, Deaner. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta exchange some pleasantries first, Deaner. You can't just jump right into it. We like a little foreplay, okay? How you doing, Dean? Uh, I, I, I established with Grant that I'm the Brent suitor of phone calls. I get in, get out, take my <laughs> Okay, well, hang on, Dean. We're not Grant Bills, and also Rowdy. How do you feel about Brent Suter? Not a fan. <laughs> but Dean, we like you. Okay, well, I'll, I'll do the slow pitch this time. Okay. Uh, I was just going to say, Corey Seager, man, I don't remember him being that imposing as a Dodger, but um, he had some counts where it was 3-0, and he just absolutely hacked, and it almost like he was, looked like he was hacking at something that was out of the zone so he would get some more meat to hit. I think in this last game he had a 3-1 that, yeah, he just hit a single on, but that guy is some kind of talent I think the Rangers are going to be really good. It might be interesting to see if we face Max Scherzer again in the World Series, but the odds of that are pretty low. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that guy, I don't remember him being that good. Maybe he was just among other stars. Corey Seager was always pretty darn good, but he one of his big things was never able to stay healthy. Now, this year, he's actually on pace with Texas. I think he needed a few more plate appearances to qualify because he had been hurt, but he's on pace to have one of like the better shortstop single seasons in like a long time. Like the dude has, is having a crazy good season for literally missing months at a time with injury. And he got paid. I mean, good for him. He got the, the Texas on their spending spree and it's working out for those guys. I mean, I was going to do the comp of chase Utley. I know that he was a second baseman, but just sort of this, uh, you know, good clubhouse guy. He, he's he got really good mean mug too. Yeah, well, <laughs> whatever. But uh, in terms of just uh, the presence at the plate, he's he's imposing. But I I feel like too the rest of that team is uh is pretty set. So Beaner, how are we yeah. feeling about your Vikings? Oh man, come on, Dean. Yeah, I I, I have to give me the old man. How you feeling? For the, 
for for my my Packer Vikings tickets at Lambeau, they were hitting me up. Oh, is anyone using those? It's like ah. Uh, you know, <laughs> I can think of somebody. You know, <laughs> these Packers fans are just blind and thinking that the the season is already over here. So yeah, there's Packers Nation is in a crossroads right now. Half of them are like doomsday, the other half are like Super Bowl incoming. I don't know. We'll have to talk about it. I, I think the, the thing for me with the Packers is the fact that they're going to play their first home game week three. Uh, hopefully, those crowds weeks one and two know that they're going to get under Love's skin a little bit. Yeah. Diener, thanks for uh, – do you have a good weekend? Do you have a good weekend? It was fine. How about you guys? You sound like Rowdy now. I asked Rowdy. He goes, it's fine. <sighs> you know, what does what Brent, Brent Suter do up there? He doesn't dawdle. I got my, got my pitch done and I'm Hey, okay. Brent Suter also dabbles in uh, children's books. He's an author. And reusable water bottles, Dean. He's more than just a fast pitcher, okay? Okay, well, <laughs> see, see you guys. You got to be careful how you describe Brent Suter as, quote, fast pitcher. Yeah, fast is in the sense of when he's on the mound, he yeah, not goes his, quick. Not his Reagan-era fastball that's 86 to 88. <laughs> he gets up there, the inning's done in like a minute so 30. When the, when the pitch is thrown, it's actually slower than his whole approach. <laughs> yes, yeah, totally. <laughs> hey, by the way, the Rockies paid him $2.7 million this year. How's he doing, by the way? I could, couldn't tell you. Brent Suter. I looked it up. As he came in and pitched when I was at... Um, the the Rockies. <laughs> that's all. That's all I know. You know, it just seems like whenever you think the Milwaukee Brewers are done or they're fading or they're playing horribly, that's exactly when they come in and sweep a team like the Rangers. Yeah, and it's or when you think it, it goes the opposite way too. A hundred percent. If we think, oh, this team's on fire, you go and get swept by the Oakland A's. Like it's. It's an ultimate team that plays to their competition. And now sometimes it doesn't work out that way. We see the the whole thing with uh with getting just dominated by the Dodgers, but you know, it's <laughs> that's exactly it's like the Brewers. I, I was talking to our guy when we did winner's take on Friday, Dave Essler, and he was like, There's no reason why I would want to wager on the Milwaukee Brewers tonight, which was last Friday when they won. Right. And my take was, Dave, whenever you actually think the Brewers are dead, this team shows up. And whenever you think the Brewers are truly rolling, that's like you said, when they play the A's and they lose or they get swept. It's like every single year with this team, it's like this. It's like whenever you think they're on the highs, just wait. They're about to fall off that cliff. Or whenever you're on the lows, they will prove you wrong. Right. And... Especially in the division, like this year, like they're always going to have a chance to be in it. It's not a situation where, like, a week, like you know, they had where they lost how many in a row? Uh, well, they lost like three series in a row. It's not going to hurt you uh, because the rest of your division isn't that great. So it, it, it's it's a nice season to have this happen. Well, it's also nice that the Milwaukee Brewers are playing in the NL Central where we knew that the Pirates weren't going to be good. Right. We figured that the Reds weren't going to be very good. And really, they were all right. But then they infused a lot of the lineup with even younger talent and prospects. And then they had their month to six weeks where they really played well. And then I said, hey, there's going to be adjustments for all these guys. Like, we're not hearing about De La Cruz as often as we were 
when he was up in that first six weeks. Right. People are making adjustments on him. He's coming back to earth. The Cincinnati team overall has come back to earth. Did you see his inside the park home run and people are like, oh, it's all because of his speed. I'm like, no, the fielding was atrocious. And he's fast. <laughs> he's fast. But like, but like The other thing with the Reds was they've lost a lot of pitching. Like Hunter Green came back yesterday and got absolutely shelled, but that was his first start in months. Yeah. Like, I know... They have another young guy, Lodolo, a lefty. He was healthy for the first bit of the season. He's been on the like they have like a ton of starters that have been on the shelf that are young guys that were mostly unproven, but that had ceiling. Yeah. And those guys have been hurt. You've seen a lot of their prospects come back to reality. Now they're not that they've fallen off, but they're four games back. This was a team that the Brewers were going back and forth with for a while. And then there's the Cubs, where the Cubs They've had really good starting pitching this year. They've had pretty good offense overall. Now it seems all of a sudden the, the Cubs are pretty healthy when it comes to, you know, hitting wise. Mm-hmm. But the one big thing for the Cubs was their bullpen. Their bullpen wasn't very good. It's actually been pretty good as of late, and it's gotten healthier. Overall, their team's gotten healthier, and they've played better. Now they made that huge run. They've kind of cooled off. And then there's the Cardinals, who... LOL, I can't believe they're as bad as the Cardinals actually are. Yeah, uh, it's one of those, like, it, can their manager survive this Is it weird to say year? that the Brewers have been the con- most consistent team in the NL Central this year? No, because well, they have Actually, I'll I take, take that back. The Cardinals are the most consistent team in the uh, NL Central. Losers. Consistently bad. Hey, what the hell happened? Oh, There's a five-minute break, right? I don't know. Was the, it was the, we were what sitting, the, what the hell happened? I lost track of time. Yeah. We were sitting here. I must have took the longest pee of my life. We, yeah. uh, we thought you I thought, was gone. A, I thought uh, it was gone for maybe three minutes. We, we thought you s- had to go squeeze our, oh. no, no, <laughs> we I did. We were sitting here and all of a sudden we're like, well, he ain't coming back. Over the line, he'll be back in 30 <laughs> seconds. Okay. Right. Well, he's not here. We let the bed play and then I go, well, I should probably turn <laughs> the mics on and say I something. I came in the studio thinking that there's two minutes left in the five minute break. Nope. <laughs> that's, that's my bad. Sorry, fellas. <laughs> Thanks for, thanks, thanks for going out without me. I appreciate that. Out of uh, ESPN, uh, Adam Rittenberg doing his 2023 college football picks predictions by conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, check this out, boys. Wisconsin, I all, we all think they're going to win the West, yes? Yeah. Rowdy, yes? They should at least be the favorites, yeah. in my opinion. How about this? Uh, they pick up another preseason prediction to win the West, and the prediction has them unfortunately losing to Michigan in Indianapolis. I'll just read a little blurb here from um, ESPN's Adam Rittenberg. It's probably a toss-up between Wisconsin and Iowa, but I'll go with the team that won't have to try to win every game by holding opponents to 10 points or fewer. (laughs) Iowa. The Badgers are going to look completely different on offense under first-year head coach Luke Fickle. Mordecai threw for 3,524 yards with 33 touchdowns and 10 picks at SMU last season. New offensive coordinator Phil Longo is implementing his version of the air raid offense, RJ. Top receivers, Jimmy DK and Skylar Bell are back as his tailback, Braylon Allen, who ran for 1,200 yards last season. If the Badgers can survive an early trip to Washington State, this should be 5-0 and heading into the October 14th home game against Iowa. Yeah, I actually really like the schedule for Wisconsin. The more I look at it, I mean, you open the season with Buffalo. They're favored by nearly four touchdowns. You would hope that that's a big win. Yeah. Then you, you just mentioned how they have to go to Washington State. Now, Washington State is actually, according to Vegas, supposed to be slightly worse than they were last year. Mm-hmm. Last year, we saw how bad Wisconsin played in that game. Now, it was 
in Camp Randall. But the the offensive line was, was so bad against Washington State. That was also the one where Keanu Benton said, I was trying to pump everyone up and get them going, and people just looked at me with, like, dead stares, and we quit. And that was where they lost the game. And it was still, it was a close game where even if they just yeah. did a couple things differently, they probably win it. There's going to be revenge on their mind. I know Pullman can be a tougher place to play, but it just feels like the talent that was brought in for the Badgers and this new offense and the fact that they lost last year, the fact that Washington State is worse on paper this year, it feels like that should be a win. Then you have your third game, Georgia Southern at home. That's probably going to be another three to four uh, touchdown favorite for the Badgers. So that feels like it should be a nice win. And then you look at the Big Ten games to start. It's at Purdue. Well, Purdue lost their quarterback and weirdly enough has actually been playing really well in the NFL preseason Mm -hmm. for the Raiders. But you lost your coach. You lost some players and you bring in a, you know, new brand new head coach. First year being a head coach and first year being a head coach. And it's at the Big Ten level. That's going to feel like it's going to take some time for Purdue. And then you get Rutgers at home. Rutgers hasn't been very legitimate since uh, Ray Rice was running the football for them. That was a while ago. That was a long time ago. ago. That was 15 years ago at this point, somewhere in there. So, yeah, you have a nice little five games to kind of get this offense, this new-look offense and uh, new-look coaching staff kind of get the the ball rolling and get warmed up, and then you jump into the the Big Ten games with Iowa. Yeah, so check this out. More of this uh, pining away here on what's going to happen in the Big Ten from ESPN. Their champion, we just said, going to go to Michigan. Uh, Player of the year offensively, Marvin Harrison Jr. That's the... well, there are Marvin some people out there saying that he should probably be uh, up there to potentially win a Heisman. He could potentially be the second overall pick behind yeah. Caleb Williams. He's pretty good. He's got Gucci cleats. Defensive player of the year going to defensive lineman Jazan Newton out of Illinois. Louis Vuitton. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Louis Vuitton. Get it right. He could afford Gucci, no problem. Yeah. No, absolutely. With that, uh, yeah, yeah. Gucci, yeah. Louis, whatever. I think I would just prefer the ball. Marvin Harrison jeans that he has. Yeah, those are pretty good. <laughs> You're talking J-E. And I'm not talking his designer. Ju- not designer jeans, his like genetic His genetic jeans. <laughs> uh, here you go. Impact transfer. For all the teams in the Big Ten, impact transfer they give to Tanner Mordecai, quarterback, oh, okay. Wisconsin. Oh. Will he be the biggest impact transfer in the Big Ten Conference? Kind of has to be. I mean, this it's, air raid offense. Yeah, in the air raid, you have to be. Well, as long as he's on that list instead of Cade McNamara, <laughs> I think yeah. that's a good thing for Wisconsin. Has, has Cade McNamara come back from that uh, I don't know, open he was, practice he was, fall down? Yeah, he was banged up in in a practice. And if you're Iowa, you better you better hope so because what? <laughs> oh, please, no. <laughs> Iowa brought in a few pretty big offensive pieces. They brought in uh, the tight end out of Michigan. They brought in, obviously, um, McNamara from Michigan. Yeah, they've brought in some guys that have had some talent, but to my knowledge, some of them have been kind of banged up. Brought in a new bookie? Now, they did... Brought in a new bookie who can keep it on the (laughs) (laughs) telephone. They also, though, on defense, they lost a lot of pieces. Like, we're talking about Van Ness for the Packers playing and mm-hmm. whether he can contribute or where but he, he can wasn't go a starter at Iowa. But he was an absolute stud at Iowa, though he wasn't <laughs> technically a starter because Played of more snaps. Yeah. Than yeah. Yeah. He got reps. They also, let's not forget, <laughs> they lost Jack Campbell, one of the better inside linebackers in the Big Ten last year. Mm-hmm. He went in the first round to Detroit. Like they've, they lost some studs, but 
Iowa always feels like they yeah. have studs, kind of yeah, like they Wisconsin. Just can't that's, score one points. Of those, that's one of those you never count out an Iowa defense because you're like, who's this guy? Oh, he's just been in the program. Oh, he's really good. Years. I think the big and thing for Iowa for is like, okay, well, we know that Cade McNamara can play. We yeah. saw him play at Michigan. J.J. McCarthy's just more athletic and better. Yeah. Like, you're talking about one of the top cop programs in the country. McCarthy is your quote-unquote five-star recruit. McNamara would be like your quote-unquote good three-star that is a game manager that plays well that grew into a four-star. Yeah. Like, but him going to Iowa is a big deal for them. Them getting, uh, was it, uh, oh, it was the tight end from Michigan. You mentioned the wide receiver from Ohio State. Like, they've added some of these skilled positions mm-hmm. that are actually better than some of the guys that we've watched over the years from Iowa. Right. But the thing is, they still have the same offensive coordinator. They, they still do. have, they yeah, still nepotism. have, they still have the same system. Like, like, are you going to fire your son? I will no, believe that yeah. Iowa yeah, is better right. That's my when son. I actually see the offense scoring points and being better. Yeah. And so, what, like, yeah, whenever they fire... Just, you have to wait for that to happen. For son, or what? Well, 25-some-odd uh, points. He, they got to average this year for that to happen, and it could be on the scoreboard anyway. It doesn't matter if it's the offense or the defense. Man, do they stink. Yeah. Offensively. Offensive. That's why the defense is so good. They're so pissed off on the sidelines yeah. watching everything going. They're like, these bums again? I can't take it anymore! I'm so pissed! And then they go there and hit some guys. Yeah. How about this? Coach of the year, Luke Fickle, Wisconsin. I guess. Oh, he's stolen all the headlines. Yeah. Come and steal the, the show. Headlines. If you have a better record than Wisconsin did last year, they're going to be like, first year impact. So you got your, your impact transfer is Tanner Mordecai, your coach of the year, Luke Fickle. Who do you guys think is the coach on the hot seat? Is this the Big Ten or Big Ten West specifically? Big Ten. Big Ten. Coach on the hot seat. Um, Allen. <laughs> Bingo. Oh, 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 oh. Tim Allen's brother, Tom. Yeah. Tom Allen. Yeah, he is on the hot seat. I feel like, what, his first year was 2017, and they've, they've had 2020 yeah, where they, they popped. They broke out. And then they had, like, one other decent year in there, and then that's about it. And that quarterback that they popped with is now starting for <laughs> with Washington, Washington and has been for the last couple of years. Mike and Portage says PJ Fleck for the hot seat. No, they I, just they just backed him up. And they said, love they love his and stick. said he he isn't a cult leader. If you're Minnesota, why would you get rid of PJ Fleck though? He wouldn't. Like no. like they've won at a decent amount of of a clip. You got you got rid of Glenn Mason when he was winning nine games a year. Yeah, and set yourself a cumulative back. GPA like, of three point two. They had yeah. game day there. You game are, day was there. You are going to the the odds for Minnesota to get a better coach than PJ Fleck, in my opinion, aren't very good. No, 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 to, no, to elevate the program higher than what PJ Fleck has done here and what say he would do through his tenure. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you could really find a coach that would be super willing to go to Minnesota to do that, unless you somehow hired some up-and-coming, you know, fast riser that no one really saw that coming. All right, boys, the predict, uh, predicted finish in the Big Ten uh, out of the West, they do have Wisconsin winning it, but with an overall record of 9-3 and three and 6-3 and three in conference play. It, it's the same way it was last year. Purdue went with three losses, mm-hmm. and everybody else had four more. You know, it's – or I think somebody else had three and there was a tie break. Um, if you want to see the best football, get rid of the, the, the divisions. Yeah. But then you're adding more teams, and it's going to be hard to 
It, it's going to be weird. We'll figure. The, we'll well, find enjoy out how enjoy that's the play last out. year of the Big Ten as it is while yeah. it lasts, because then it's God as, knows what's going to happen. As much as I hate hey. PJ Fleck, I I do think he's a solid coach. I would never play for him. He'd drive me up a wall. Would you dress like him? No. But but he is a solid coach overall. But to, to like your point with Wisconsin with three losses, I feel like you look at their win total, eight and a five with some juice on it or nine juice. with some juice to the under. It's kind of what it's been all summer. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense if they're going nine and three. And, I mean, if you yeah. look at that schedule, yeah, you should be five and oh, but Iowa at home isn't going to be an easy game. You have Minnesota at the end of the year in Minnesota. That that won't be an easy game unless you have Jack Cohn throwing the football to Quintez Cephas. Uh, you have Ohio State at home, which is going to be a night game. You have at Illinois, which I think might be one of the tougher games on the schedule because it's sandwiched right between Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And you know that they've had to go to Champaign before with a look-ahead game like that, and they lost <clears throat> 2019. Hey, that was a fumble. And uh, still a reason. It's not that they were playing bad. Now that they have Jim <laughs> Leonard, they have Brett Bielema, they have a couple of other former Wisconsin players. There's a lot of familiarity there. I think that might be one of the. T- I think. I think at Illinois, even though on paper Iowa is probably a better team, I think it's. I'm more scared to play at Illinois than I am Iowa at home. Yeah, the great, it, the great pumpkins got something to him. Yeah, he's got a little bit of, he's of got panache grit. That there's a lot of familiarity and. He wants to upstage Wisconsin. It's that look ahead yeah. week that scares me. Like you're not, you are looking ahead to Iowa against you know Rutgers and Purdue. They yeah. could possibly have one loss heading into that game against Wisconsin. Dude, they could, they could Wisconsin if they play as well as this team possibly could. Ohio State, we know that they get the four and five stars every single year. Well, I was talking about Illinois could possibly have one loss because their schedule well, leading into that Toledo, yeah, Kansas. That's easy. Uh, home versus Penn State. There's. Then Florida Atlantic, Florida Atlantic, Purdue, Nebraska, Maryland. And I think that helps Wisconsin Wisconsin. because I'm pretty sure Iowa has a somewhat soft cupcake schedule. They probably will have like uh, Iowa State. Here I got it here for you: Utah State, Iowa State, Western Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State, Purdue. Yeah, they could be sitting there with one loss. Illinois could have one loss. Mm -hmm. Wisconsin could be undefeated. You would hope that Ohio State would be undefeated. Yeah. You would imagine. Just, but the only, the only thing with Ohio State is, you have a new quarterback. You have some new pieces on that offensive line, but they always find guys that it's like next one off. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Where you could, in theory, have a one, you one know, a undefeated one loss Iowa in Camp Randall for your first real test in the Big Ten a one-loss Illinois on the road, and an undefeated Ohio State three weeks in a row? That is pretty tough. Pretty tough. Uh, Hey, speaking of the season coming up here, it is going to be not this Saturday, but next Saturday, believe it or not. And if you want to get some cool swag before the season starts, uh, check out homefieldapparel.com. We've partnered with them. Uh, They have got over 170 college football college teams to uh, get gear of, and they're old-school badass shirts. They are. They're in homefieldapparel.com, if you want 15, one five, 15 percent off your first order, just use the code word CAMP23. All one word, CAMP23, 23, and com. Jordan Love, Rowdy, a couple series. The first one, not the greatest. Bad snap. Uh, went flying over his head, and that wasn't really Jordan Love's fault. 
second series, not too much to really take away from. There was what a the third series, the one that you're looking at, it was the big shot downfield to Romeo Dobbs, and then he hit Jaden Reed with a hell of a touchdown, a hell of a laser as Reed then took it into the end zone. That was a nice pass. If that's the Jordan Love we're going to get, we're going to have a good time. You know what's hilarious about this Packers team is, well, overall, I think this is what we're going to get from Jordan Love. We're going to see some good plays. We're going to see some bad plays, and that'll be the season, right? I think if you look at it, Aaron Rodgers, when he first came out of the scene his first year starting, it was the same thing, but you saw some of those big flash plays. Mm-hmm. Now, do I think that Jordan Love will be as good as Aaron Rodgers? Man, I'd probably be pretty <laughs> ballsy to say, no, I think he's going to be as good or better yep. because uh, you're talking about, you know, a top 10 quarterback of all time and arguably a top three thrower of the football yeah. of all time. Like you don't have to explain those Aaron yeah, Rodgers accolades. Yeah, like he's the man. You'd be pretty ballsy to say nope. I think Jordan Love is definitely going to be better than Aaron Rodgers. But are we going to maybe see some of the same flashes? I, I hope we do. Yeah, I totally. think we actually are. Just from what we're seeing now, take it with a grain of salt that it is preseason. But uh, I think the one thing that is actually pretty. A pretty good thing if you're a Green Bay Packer fan is remember the last couple years or man, I think we could even go back more than the last couple years. You look at some of the wide receivers and you're like outside of Devante, they really don't have much at the wide receiver position. Yes. I think if you look at this year so far through the two preseason games, now granted, we're not at all the practices. We have to rely on the, the Mike Clemens and Rob Reichels of the world and from their reports. But overall, you see some of these young receivers. Like, obviously, you know Christian Watson because he popped a little bit last year. Romeo Dobbs looking nice. Romeo Dobbs popped at the beginning of last year. Like, those are two guys. Samari Toure kind of had some moments at the end of last season. But you're looking at some of the young guys because they drafted a ton of wide receivers this year, just not, you know, top 100 picks. Yeah. But Jaden Reed had some nice plays. The nice touchdown. Grant DeBose had some DeBose nice catches. catches. Him. That Malik Heath is looking pretty nice. Heath is flashed at camp, and I know that they said that uh, Wicks, the wide receiver out of Virginia, yeah. has flashed at camp. He made a couple of grabs the last couple games. Now you start counting some of these wide receivers. You're like, okay, well, Christian Watson's safe. Romeo um, Dobbs is Romeo safe. Romeo Dobbs is safe. Samari Toure is safe. And then you look at some of the the young guys that they they drafted. Jaden Reed is safe. Well, there's your top four. Yeah. Well, how many well, how receivers are you going to keep? Six, seven? seven. Well, if you keep six, well, you have Debose. Did they ever know. even keep seven with Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, they did. Like when? Uh, they they kept like seven in the middle of before. I don't remember the exact year. I know but that I know they that started. I know they started being around six near the end of his career. Um, but yeah, you have. Are they going to keep Debose Wicks? Bo Melton's a guy with actual NFL experience. Uh, Heath, like that's seven right there. Mm -hmm. And you still have some other guys that have, you know, made plays or had some catches. Like, um, I think there was a wide receiver. Was it out of two? Was it out of Tulane? Watts? If I remember correctly, he even had a catch. Yeah, Deuce Watts. Yeah, he even, he's even looked pretty decent in practice, but you know, yeah, I don't what know are you going to keep? Six, seven, eight wide receivers? Like, he can't. He no, can't it's keep not, them all. It's not happening. And now you're having these young guys where, and the the craziest thing about this is maybe you have to give Gutekunst a little bit of love because we talk about how they haven't spent any high uh, draft capital on any wide receivers. Well, they're still looking like they're finding some of these gems that are second, third, 
yeah. fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, well, just young, un- undrafted. You know? But yeah, all of a sudden, it's like, man, there's actually some promising talent here in the wide receiver room. Don't know if it'll come f- to fruition well, at the, the regular season, but it's looking so that's like the thing flashes. about you know the preseason. I mean, these guys can flash and be so good, and like, man, this guy could, he's going to be the truth come regular season. And then you hear from the guy again. That's reg- you know, that's preseason to regular season. I'd much rather though have these guys flashing early and being like, oh, this yeah, totally. guy's got potential yeah. than being like, oh my god, yeah, this guy stinks. He's on the active roster outside of Watson and Dobbs. These wide receivers stink. Yeah. Now that um, uh, Duvall's, like you said, was looking good. That Jaden Reed, I mean, he had, the, he had one catch, but it was that touchdown grab that Jordan Love just zipped right in there, which is a really nice throw. But you're, you're going to get ahead a lot of highs, a lot of lows, a lot of in between this season. I because they're like, so young. I do like the difference in size in a lot of the wide receivers. Like Jaden Reed is a smaller, more slot specific guy. Same with Samari Toure. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Christian Watson is a larger athletic. You have Romeo Dobbs, who's kind of that in-between route runner. He's not going to be necessarily a stretch the field, just run deep like Christian Watson. But then Grant DeBose is is a bigger guy. Wicks is a little bit smaller, but he's quick. They're all kind of different, which I think is... It's good. It, it helps those specific guys when it comes to do we keep six, do they keep seven type of things? Because if they all can do something a little bit different, it probably helps their own case. Yeah, definitely. And it, it actually probably makes the receiving core a bit better because if everyone can do a little bit of something different, you have a guy for that. Yeah. All right. So coming up, uh, there's the final preseason game on Saturday at Lambeau. This is going to be uh, the Seahawks coming to the town. Matt LaFleur was asked, Will Jordan Love be playing against the Seahawks in the final preseason game? He's going to play. Yeah. What's the, what's the value in that for you? Just, I'm, I'm going to pause it right there. The reporter asked, what's the value in that for you? Is Jordan Love getting snaps? The more snaps, the better for this guy. Just, I, I don't think you can give these guys enough young, young players, in particular that position, enough reps i really don't so i think there's something to like like we mentioned and we strategically did this so we had a night game you know just the approach and how you prepare for a night game now we have a noon kick at home so i i think there's a lot of value in that getting experience going not that he hasn't done it before because he has but I still think there's – it's just he's in a different role. And um, so I, I think it's extremely valuable for him. And um, how much he'll play, I mean, we'll kind of let you guys know on game day. LaFleur, I feel like, is running out of things to talk about with Jordan Love. He's like, I don't know what else you want me to say about this guy. Well, like, I agree. I think he should play too. Yeah, uh, it, it definitely until, should. Until you are like a, a known commodity – like an Aaron Rodgers, where have hey, been in the league for fifteen plus years as a starter, I don't need to play every well, preseason. Snap. Guess what Rodgers is doing in the third preseason game for the Jets? He'll play a little bit. He's playing. Rodgers said he's playing in the third game. It makes sense. He wants to get on page with real live yeah. bullets. With Rodgers his like, new I'm team. in, dude. But if this is a team where it's like, hey, I'm with the Packers for another year. I've had all these wide receivers for at least a couple of years. I, I don't really need to play. I understand that. But with even Romeo Dobbs and, and Christian Watson, they're the most you know senior-laden yeah. players in the receiving core. Watson did it for half a season. Dobbs did it for half a season. One did it for the first half. The other did it for the second half. 
I wouldn't even call them proven commodities no, in the NFL. No, not like, at all. Yeah, you flash for half a season in your rookie year, but you still got to go out and play it. Any more experience would help you. There's a lot of guys that flash, and then you never hear from them again afterwards. Like, the NFL, three and a half years is your average career. But you know, like, your Devontae Adams that don't really need to play. Yeah, you yeah. know your... Even Russell Wilson, to me, doesn't really need to play. No. The only like, people that don't need to play in the Packers are what, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon? And that's the exact, That's why it's funny. It's like first like play. That's the, it. the first play, the very first two preseason games, like hand the ball to Aaron Jones, watch him run, know that his legs still work, yeah. he picks up six yards, all right, get the hell off the field, yeah. you're good. Or like A.J. Dillon when Jordan Love threw that touchdown pass to Jane Reed. It, it was a pass action, Dillon threw a mean block, and then Jordan Love was able to have an okay pocket, and he hit Jane Reed. All right, get his ass out of the game. AJ Dillon did what he's supposed to do. And same thing with Bakhtiari. Now, I know there had been rumors with the fact that, oh, maybe he's going to be traded to the Jets. No, maybe, said that ain't happening. maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. Who knows? But all I know is a, a guy that's on the wrong side of 30 that's battled knee injuries since 2020 that's finally for yeah, the second half of 2022 starting to feel good. I don't need you, you don't need to play. taking live snaps in, in no. the you know the preseason. We need you for the regular season. Well, that's why he's called the uh, Lamborghini. He only comes out on Sundays. You just have a seat right here, David Bakhtiari. And, and the thing is, he proved that when he's out there and healthy, he's still a top 10 left tackle, maybe yeah. top 5 left tackle in the NFL. So don't need to see you. Don't need to see him. I don't even care if you're not practicing. I do want to see you play well on Sunday. I do want to see a little more Jordan Love. That's for damn sure. All right, we'll uh, hear from more from LaFleur coming up here, a bunch of the players as well. Before we go to break, line one, who do we got? Good morning. How are you guys doing? Corey. Corey, what's up, brother? Not too much. Just calling a chat about the Packers. Yeah, yeah man. So, finally got to watch a preseason game. Of course, it's only the second one. Um, like you said, I like. I really like that deep pass that uh, Jordan had to Dubs. That was a really nice touch. Yeah. And like an outstanding catch. And they actually won the challenge, which they like. But Jake couldn't believe it there. I don't even listen to it on the radio. Like, ah, it doesn't look like he was actually in. So it was all the old reverse psychology type thing on that one. Hell of a toe tap. Hell of a toe tap. Exactly. Hell of a toe tap. And that box snap, I don't put that on Bob. I put that on Josh Myers. I'm just wondering why. I think this is his last chance. It's going to be his last chance to come up in this last preseason game. I. LaFleur was talking about about practice that he challenged Myers. He was trying to light a fire under his ass. Is it just me, or did it feel like Josh Myers came in as a rookie, played pretty solidly at center, and then ever since then, he kind of took the Darnell Savage approach. It feels like it's gotten worse every year since. He's been coasting. He's not being Jerry Rice, (laughs) training the offseason, running hills outside San Francisco, making guys puke. He's just taking the easy way out. He's doing the Jay Sternberger deal. He just wants to just just kind of roll on into his career. Thinks he's already arrived. I think that's what happens with Ohio State guys. He's like, hey, baby, I'm in the NFL. What do you think? Yep. Exactly. Well, and I read some more scuttlebutt on that or reading kind of like the take from because Jordan Love was talking about like when they see a guy flinch like in the defensive line, they automatically are supposed to snap it. So... I think that's a part, possibly, maybe I'm being too hard on Myers, but maybe that's part of the rhythm that they got to get into is like the snapper quarterback cobble. And uh, I don't know about the Joe Berry hype train. I think that's a hand truck. I don't think that's a train. <laughs> I think there's one guy in the hand truck. 
Yeah, yeah Vagabond Johnny. He's like, yeah. He's just pumping that thing up and down. On the hey, someone besides That's his mother's got to like him. Come on. Exactly. So, uh, the jury's still for me on that situation with the defense because they've got awesome players kind of all over theoretically, but they start out like they did last season again. It just would suggest to me that however he's describing or calling his defenses just aren't working out. So that one is still to be determined from yeah. my perspective. I, I think we've got a pretty good idea now that our the QB situation is stable. Is he going to be really good, awesome, average, still to be determined? But I'm trying to think of like a cop of like a quarterback that we would be happy with that Jordan Love would be comparable to where you've got to see – He's got some really awesome slash plays, and then he has like somewhere like, mm, what are you kind of doing? And I'm kind of struggling to come up with. Them. Would so you, you guys do? I just off the top of my head, would you take a more athletic Jared Goff? I could live with that. At least start out and see kind of what you got going on. He got the Super Bowl. And if he, yeah, that's exactly it. If he ends up being like. Matt can run your offense. The more I think about it, yeah, I think actually that's a good comparison for Audi. There you go. Now you mentioned it. There it is. More athletic Jerry Goff. So, Take yeah. Core? I like it. Love it. Well, have a good week, you guys. Justin Fields not playing game two. Anthony Richardson. What do you think of that, Rowdy? Anthony Richardson not playing uh, the rookie for the Colts game two. Uh, He's the starting quarterback. I want my young, unproven guys taking taking reps. Because this is is as live as you can get until week one. Now, granted, if you played Anthony Richardson, like he might see some twos, he might see some threes. You would hope that he would get some time against. Never some played ones. in the NFL before, but yeah, he would at least get somewhat of a look of what professionals look like compared to yeah. college football. Totally, I I personally would, even if it's two, three, four series, I would want that. Will we see Alex Magoo in the final preseason game coming up on Saturday? Uh, would we have seen him? The game that was suspended, quote-unquote, against the Patriots on Saturday. There's 10 minutes and 29 seconds left. The game literally have seen Magoo. Does it make sense to you? Danny Etling has bounced around for like seven or eight years now on practice squad to practice squad, you know, played in preseason. I think he might have hit up a third-string spot for a second <laughs> where he was on the roster. Yeah. But he's a guy that's been there, done that. And obviously they signed Alex Magoo, the USFL MVP, USFL champion, USFL stud. Well, if you're just going to sign him to throw passes and not play, why did you cut Etling? I don't really know. You know what I mean? Because Etling's been there, done that. Yeah, he's been there, done that. And if you just need an arm, it's not like you really have to do a whole lot here. You just Well, how much weight do you have in a USFL champion and MVP of the league? Compared to Danny Etling, who's just bumped around practice squads in the NFL. I, we're about to find out. <laughs> Which, but it, but it's like... Apparently, the USFL has a little more weight for the Packers. Like Danny Etling, I feel like you know what you have. Yeah. Like he's a guy that... He's a fringe roster guy in the NFL. Where he can come we in want for Magoo. you. Throw his passes. You know, be a practice guy, practice uh, arm. He He's a fringe guy to suit up on the roster. He's an... Absolute emergency, but he he's fringe. Mm-hmm. Alex Magoo really didn't cut it in the NFL at all. 
So technically, he would be high, be behind. But he's too good for the USFL. Yeah, he would be behind Etling in that pecking order of what have you done in the NFL. But he balled out in the USFL, which is all kind of the NFL and maybe it's Canadian. The ones that can't make it in the re- Yeah, the rejects of the Canadian and the NFL yeah. type leagues. But he was the best out of all of them. So you would say, so what do you oh, do? I don't know. Top I, I would top. personally think what that Etling do? probably would have been slightly better. But if I what was going to take at Magoo, uh, take a look at Magoo, I'd want to see him in live play. No, here's the thing though: if either uh, Etling or Magoo, or even you throw in Sean Clifford, I don't know how many games the Packers are going to be winning if Jordan Love goes down. Sean Clifford had had some decent passes. Well, that's the thing with I'm Sean. Not Clifford. Had some decent passes. Sean Clifford's a guy that has the talent and, and ability to. If you were down by 20 or you needed him to come in, Sling he has the, the ability field. to throw it around. But he's also the one where if you were up by 20 and he had to come in and throw it a little bit, throw some he, picks. he could lose that lead. You know what I mean? All he's right. a very, very uh, all over the board type quarterback, which if you're behind and you need some wins against better teams, yeah, if you had to throw him out there, he's, he's the wild card. Yeah, we'll get to the defensive side of the ball because Enigmari was everywhere. In that game against the Patriots, that guy's a beast. How about the fact that I believe it was around this time a year ago where Danny Etling was torching defenses, running for like 60 yards down the sideline (laughs) for a touchdown and looking pretty competent throwing the football. And there were some cheeseheads saying Danny Etling better than Jordan Love. I wonder if they're still saying that. Now they're saying Sean Clifford better than Jordan Love, or at least that's what some content creators will have you uh, be thinking. Have you seen anyone else, Rowdy? Uh, first game, a lot of these content creators were saying that Sean Clifford should be starting over Jordan Love. If you say that, you're a racist. Well, I never saw that once. Did you see it at all after uh, the second game that was on Packers no. Twitter? Because neither did I. But you still have these same the people only thing, like, oh, there's, 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 The only thing I saw was, man, I would have liked to have seen Jordan Love have a, that fourth series instead of bringing, uh, yeah. bringing in Clifford. Clifford right away. And... Am I going to see Alex Magoo or I want to see Alex Magoo?